Good morning and welcome to The Age Stage, a program that looks at issues and matters affecting older Australians, made possible by The Village Baxter, The Village Glen and Encore Living for that regional alternative. My name is Paula Dunn and joining me today is Brendan Telfer. Welcome, Brendan. Well, yes, thank you very much indeed, Paula. Good to be here. Delighted to be here once again on Thursday morning's Age Stage. Yes. Look forward to it immensely. Yes, and it would be a really interesting one. It will be, actually. Yes. So today on the program we have... Uh, Ryman Healthcare we're going to be talking to, the New Zealand provider that has grown into one of the uh, success stories of New Zealand and is now here in Australia and about to unveil its plans for the old ANSET property in Mount Eliza and another development in Mount Martha. But first, as we do each week, we'd like to welcome our special guests, Peter Nielsen. Welcome, Peter. Oh, good morning. And to Stuart Shaw. Welcome, Stuart. Hi, Paul, Brendan, Peter. And I'd just like to report I am officially on the slippery slope. Being unwell last week. Mm-hmm. Yes. With a dose of gout. Mm-hmm. Now, the frivolity in my office about that and, and older people and red wine and has been awful. I thought it was stout. Well, it could be stout. <laughs> Can I tell you it's neither? Do you, do you, do you really get into your red wines? No. So. No. So... Yes, it's been an interesting week. Hmm. On the Tuesday morning last week, I, I couldn't get out of bed. Wow. It was awful. Wow. It's taken me a week and to get And the symptoms? It. What, what, what do you feel? Oh, extreme pain. pain. Extreme in, pain in, in, my, in my right leg. Really? Ankle. Wow. Oh, yes. So Swollen? Are. Yes, red and angry. Mm. Mm. Treatment? Treatment uh, <laughs> is, yes, <laughs> drugs, cold gout. Allopurinol, um, some steroids, wow. and it only really came good yesterday. No, no wonder you're looking so good. Those steroids <laughs> are agreeing with you. <laughs> so is, is it always the same site that's affected? No. No, I've, I, I have suffered for a while, but I've never had an attack. Well, 10 years since I've had. So I've been under doctor's orders for 10 years and just going along just lovely, Stuart, but I'm thinking I'm Things on the slippery changed. slope now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, Must look after her. No health. sympathy from my wife at all. Whoa. Really? Mm, no. Oh dear. And she's a nurse, but that's typical of oh, nurses, isn't is it? it? She probably you thought it was a, a man flu condition. <laughs> she probably thought she could claim an insurance. <laughs> oh, <hell. laughs> yes. So, gentlemen, what are we talking about today? Well, I'll keep talking if I may. You may. Uh, last Friday night at eleven thirty on the village at the village Glen, mm-hmm. one of our Power substations decided it had enough, oh. and it let go at eleven thirty, which is when the the floor heat comes on. The oh dear, oh. yes, yes. Now connected to that substation was one hundred and fifty six units. <gasps> so there's one hundred and fifty six families all of a sudden with no power and no heat, and it came back online at seven o'clock Sunday night. Whoa. Mm. So do you have a plan? Like, is there a procedure in place that, well, if that ever happens? Well, yes, candles? We, we always have no candles. <laughs> no candles? No, no, no. Wise decision. We always have a plan, but as Stuart told us a little while ago, he, he took to America, that you have a plan, a disaster, but that goes out the window when these things happen. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> you, never can, you can't conceive that this no. is what's going to actually happen in the yeah. real world. So I have to say um, it, it, it's been... Um, a difficult experience for particularly the residents, but as a community and in the staff community and the support was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What, so, so yeah. when it happened, Peter, 
I presume residents just came out of a unit wondering what's happening or... Well, they or phoned, up, they phoned they, up the maintenance Sonia, right. who's our on-call maintenance lass, she manages, she's terrific, got the phone call and, of course, rang United Energy because we thought it was a power outage mm. in Rosebud mm-hmm. and it wasn't. It was confined to the village and only part of the village. Did Sonia get 150 of these calls or... No, no, she got a couple did... while she knew. So a lot of people would be in bed, so, yes. lo- so uh, a lot okay. of people wouldn't even known the power was off, mm. but enough to know that the power had yeah, gone down. Okay. So she implemented that side of her disaster plan, which is called United Energy, um, and if you remember, last weekend was a very cold... cold. And, and extremely windy. Windy yes. weekend, so... Yes. United Energy were very busy doing what they do mm. in those circumstances, so it took them a while to come. Eventually they came, and uh, maybe two or three in the morning, and they got one of the uh, circuit breakers to to re-engage, but they couldn't get the other one. So half of our 150 units came back with limited power, the other half had no power. So you don't have a backup generator or anything like no, that? No, not not to drive. You, you couldn't have one that couldn't big. Couldn't okay. No, no. I the know nothing about that. Backup generators really <laughs> are for emergency lighting and and okay. f- for phone systems, but to f- power floor heat and, yes. and the normal... You're thing. going to have to go to standard solar and get some solar panels on your roof, people. Oh, yes. Now, the yes. sun had set. <laughs> and, and, then get, and then get Tesla batteries inside yeah. your units. Yeah. yeah, that might be the future, yeah. but that's not now. Mm. Okay. So that was then, and so we... We ended up getting, um, as a half the village up and then we got our electrical people come in and, uh, one of the, um, the circuit breakers had given up the ghost, which meant we had to get a new part. Now it's mm. Saturday morning and of course oh, yes. all the factories and warehouses are closed. So we ended up having to open a warehouse. We didn't get the part until Sunday morning. But that was good that the warehouse was prepared to open for it you. It is good, yes. yeah. There was a financial incentive for them to do that. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a free lunch? <laughs> yes. So anyway, and, and of course, the substation was built 15 years ago. So guess what, Stuart? Let's think plant. about this. Planned obsolescence. Te- technology has moved on. It has. Mm. So the part and they supplied wouldn't fit in the hole that yes. was left. Mm-hmm. So then our people had to go back to their factory and, and if you've ever seen them in these substations, they have these huge copper bars where you've got, you know, it's quite dangerous with this power. So we had to turn all the power off, of course, and they had to go back and do some major modifications to the, the low-voltage side of the substation, which they eventually got done after four hours, and the power came back on the Sunday night about 7 o'clock. Wow. Uh, so you can imagine in our cohort of people are retired folk and we have had people who have been living with us for 15 years so clearly they are 15 years older than they were when they moved in mm. and quite a few of them were quite frail and some of them living alone and some of them were on, on medical type things requiring power so the disaster plan kicked in and our um, aged care facility, we took two families in um, which so, so tea tree was yes. unaffected? Unaffected, So it was yes. only the independent uh, only, units? Yes. We have seven substations in the yes. village. Only one of them was the problem. Was there panic, Pete? No. 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 Okay. And So what happened Saturday morning? Now, everyone's up. So Saturday morning, the staff, uh, we we did a, a letterbox drop and told everybody on the affected units what the problem was. But you was. wouldn't have had a lot of staff on Saturday they morning? They came in. They all came in. Which is so the disaster plan yeah. was that... 
their but staff. Sonia contacts other staff. They so came in and, and we're open Saturdays for sales, so the sales staff got involved in that as well. Um, and we sent the notice out. Um, that's when we started to find people uh, in difficult circumstances. Oh. One couple in particular, um, I can recall, uh, he had pretty bad, bad dose of bronchitis under doctor's orders not to leave the house and, of course, he's got no heat and no power. So we suggested to he and his wife that they go into the aged care, into tea tree, uh, he wasn't going anywhere because the doctor said he couldn't leave the house. So Good to see him following doctor's orders. Yes. <laughs> so I ended up getting in touch with the doctor at home and asked him if he wouldn't mind. That was a chore. No, not chore. Yes. Can you imagine trying to find out how the doctor's home phone number? Because yeah. mm-hmm. we were really concerned. That we, clearly we have a duty of care and, and he wasn't thinking right. Could you not call a paramedic? Well, we could have, but he wouldn't go. So he's... Quite, I, he's quite lucid, but he says, I'm not leaving home. Yeah. Anyway, so we, we ended up getting the, got on to the doctor and had a chat with him, uh, who I know the doctor, and he then convinced him to go. But there was a problem. They've got a dog. Oh. And he's not going unless the dog can go. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Oh, dear. Guess what happened? The, the dog, dog went. The dog went. <laughs> How good was that? Oh, so, so do, you, do you have pets in Tea Tree? Well, we, we have we visiting. Do now. We have visiting, visiting pets. pets right. We don't okay. have pets that actually live there. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so the so they went into Tea Tree um, on the Saturday, which is a fantastic outcome. Uh, on the Sunday, I and went, you you had vacant rooms, or did you? We luckily enough had two. Oh, yes. that was so that was that, fortunate. That was, yeah. They had one of the big rooms, Stuart. Okay. So they're living in the Ritz. The deluxe? <laughs> the penthouse. Right, so now... Yeah. The dog, the dog. Why so there's the dog. Guess what? The dog's name was Ralph. No, a lovely little dog, Ralph. House trained, thank goodness. Yes. Anyway, so th- they were there for the Saturday night and the Sunday night because oh. it was a bit late to bring them home. And I went to see him on the Sunday morning and... Uh, it, was, it was a really good outcome. So uh, there's still another 148 people that yes, there's another uh, couple are sitting in the cold and dark. Yes. So anyway, so um, on the Sunday, we we had um, Sunday was a particularly bad day weather-wise, as you remember, mm-hmm. and we were there at eight o'clock waiting to install the part, um, but the, the United Energy had to come and turn the substation off so we could do that. And they didn't come for many hours. I think 11 o'clock they came, but they forgot to bring the key. Oh, you're oh. kidding me. <laughs> so, oh. so we didn't start work until 1 o'clock on the Sunday afternoon. Oh, dear. So it was looking at that stage like there was going to be another full day of no power. Goodness. So what's it take to fire it up? Is it literally just one, once... Switch. United Energy there, you just turn it on and it... Well, it's it, not quite... It's not like throwing a switch, though. There's, like, it's 22,000 volts coming yeah, in. But, but, but that's hence my down. question, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a real process and it's yeah. quite, quite a dangerous process. Well, let's hear yeah. about that process mm. on the other side of the break. Mm. And if you're joining us or just tuned in, you're tuned up to RPPFM. You're tuned in to The Age Stage, which is a weekly program in which we look at issues and matters affecting older Australians. We have in the studio with us today uh, Stuart Shaw... And also Peter Nilsson. We'll be back after this break. This is 98.7, 98.3, RPPFM. 
And welcome back to the Age Stage. And we'll continue our story, Peter, about the outage down at um, yes, the Village Yes, you're Bank. building to a crescendo. We I, are. I are. We're this. getting there. So on the Saturday, clearly people couldn't boil the kettle. They couldn't heat their food. Yes. So we opened up all the public buildings. The cafe was open. It still had power, luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a number of public buildings, the craft building, um, the sports building. and So people went up to... Yes, yeah, so we sent, in our notes we told them that there was continuous tea and coffee all day. The mm-hmm. TVs were on, they were warm, so mm-hmm. these places hadn't lost power. Mm. Um, and Gee, you were remember fortunate on the, the clubhouse yes. uh, didn't lose power because that, that's a it, terrific it later. facility. It did oh, later. Did it so if you remember back last Saturday night was Australia v France World mm. Cup. Yes, yes. So clearly there was a few people not really happy about no TV at 7 o'clock. So we actually opened up all the public buildings and uh, the staff were there and we had food and, and so that, that was all the kitchen staff came in. On the, wow. on the Sunday we the clubhouse had to close because we had to turn the power off to fix the, the problem. So we had the the restaurant was open and we had lunch on the on that day and had a lot of people came in for lunch and then on the Sunday night um, there were a lot of people we we were thinking it was going to be midnight before it came back on so we offered the there's a microwave in the craft building etc so we went we picked people up and took them down they heated up their tea and some stayed there and watched the telly so it was a, a really good exercise from a community point of view like awful so- circumstances. But really impressed how the staff and the residents uh, all pitched in. But isn't a lot that of the residents helped the, helped their neighbours, made us aware of who was needing help. That's yeah. what happens when crisis occurs, though, doesn't mm, it? Absolutely. People, everyone yeah. pitches in to help. Yeah. It's a real war effort type yeah. situation. Yeah. But on, and on the Sunday, um, the because we were thinking it was going to be midnight before it came back on, I actually. Had to make a decision. How on earth can we get the met? Because you can't ring anybody because there's like NBN. The phones don't work. Oh, so the nurse call doesn't work. Out. There's a whole range of things that weren't working. Yes. So we we clearly put a note out that our residents who had mobile phones could charge their phones up in the public buildings so they mm. could ring the nurse. They need the nurse. Uh, and I door knocked every villa, 150 of them. It took me from one o'clock until five o'clock. Wow. On Friday, on Sunday afternoon, to give people a heads up what was happening. Great PR exercise, Stuart, to do that. Yeah, oh, I think it's a credit, Peter. Yeah. That, you know, it so, went and so the residents well really and, appreciate yeah. the fact that I knocked on yes. their door. Like, yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah, they've yeah. probably never met Peter before, <laughs> no. actually. You know, <laughs> yeah. So he had he to just, introduce himself. He just swans around in, yeah, ex- in the big castle down the road. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was a good exercise. Yeah. And, and we then asked, the, did they, were they aware of their neighbours' circumstances? And did anyone need help? And we got from that some people needed help, mm-hmm. which we provided. The nurses from uh, Tea Tree came in. We had four or five nurses. We had 15 missed nurse calls because of the crisis. Oh, yes. And Tell luckily enough, that. all of those were saying, we've got no power. Mm-hmm. So luckily enough, yeah. there was no one who wanted, actually wanted the nurse other than to tell us that the power had gone out. But yeah. uh, really impressed how people went out of their way. Our contractors came in um, and... Uh, we're working, you know, most of the night, mm. uh, fiddling with things and trying to help. So, mm. gee, that's. A, yeah. a, I think you better look at solar. Definitely, solar is the solution. Solar, we're, yeah. we're having solar put yeah, on here, are. actually. Yeah. yeah. Standard mm. solar. We're going to be putting on some solar panels on top of uh, this building for us. Yeah. Yes. And the plan is we will get a Tesla battery, 
so that if the system does go down like that, yep. you can draw down on the Tesla battery mm. for the next 24 hours or so. Mm. So the Tesla battery is coming from... It is it's sourced from the United States and or built here on license, I'm not sure, but basically everything ultimately trickles through the battery. It's charged up by the current that comes off the roof. And then at night time or in those times when it's a little bit dark or a little bit wet or there's an extra load required, the Tesla battery kicks into the system. Mm. Mm. I so, mean, why wouldn't you have that, really, well, we're here We're in talking Australia. with a number of solar companies uh, at, as we speak. Mm. Yeah. And we've had a couple of proposals, but they say battery technology really need to wait until 2021. That's you should be, early you to should be speaking to our providers, yes. Standard Solar. Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> Standard Solar. Dale, speak, ring up Dale and speak, yeah. speak to him. Yeah. Um, Peter, that's marvellous. So you've been schlepping around. Um, that's a big bill you've got to pick up at the end of uh, a weekend like that as well, I guess. Yes, yes. As, as with all these things, the next question is, who pays? I was, one, I was, <laughs> yes. I was getting to that. Oh, there's only one. There's oh. only one. So we don't know the answer to that question no. yet. Mm. So clearly we're writing to the residents again today mm. to tell them um, that we're looking into those circumstances because people's freezers have... Yes, yeah. and, I can imagine. And we're clearly telling everybody, for goodness sake, even if you haven't been in the freezer, good idea just to empty it empty out. Empty it out, yeah. Keep a record of what you've got and we'll see what we can do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. But so. your, your duty of care here and also, as you were mentioning before, mm. the nursing and medical needs of some of your older mm. older residents as well, obviously critical in that circumstance. What do you think you've learned in terms that of... That was going to be my question. Uh, emergency, yeah. emergency management going forward. Do you have to update generators now every two or three years? Is solar a real contender? No, that's not the issue. The right. plan? The issue wasn't that. We found out what the issue is. Right. The issue... What, it, well, I think I found out what the issue is. Um, our, if you understand how power works, there's the generators, mm-hmm. which is a business sector in itself. There's the distributors, which is the poles and wires and the substations. Uh, yeah. And there's the retailers who actually sell you the power. Now, in this instance, it was the distributors. Um, mm. Now, as I understand it, so, what's I think what's happened is that the distributors um, have changed something in the substation and they've in some respects downgraded the capacity of the substation to um, deliver the power needed. Wow. Now the effect of that is that when the floor heat came at 11.30 at night it trips the system. Drawing, mm-hmm. drawing a thousand yep. um, kilowatts of power yep. it to save itself it trips the system. Yep. Now that happened twice. So mm. we're thinking it's on the high we think it's on the high side so why did it not happen Monday night? Not happen Monday night? Yes. It did. <laughs> it oh. happened again. Oh, oh, my heavens. Yes, but we're on to that quick smart. Wow. So what actually so happened on Monday make, night, so it, it happened again. At 11.30 on Monday night, it went down again. And uh, what happened is United Energy came out, they turned it up and went down again. So the electrician came in and visited every house and turned off their floor heat and they turned on again and it's still on. So, so it's to do with the floor heat? It heats. is to do. It's, it's it, just it, a power drain. Yeah. Nine, 900 um, kVA drawing, which mm. apparently is a lot. I don't, I'm a surveyor. What do I know about power? So does that mean <laughs> the residents are still without heating? No, they, they've got, luckily enough, these are our newer units. All of them have got reverse cycle air conditioning. Okay. So mm. we still haven't solved the problem. Mm. Um, mm. We have got them power so they yep. can live their normal lives. Mm. But the floor heat, which is a 
a very efficient and cheap form of heating on off-peak power for mm. them and a very safe form of heating for older people because yes. there's no dust. Yeah. It's a radiant heat from the floor. So yeah. it's a very good heat for older people yeah. mm. and they love it. Mm. Like it's The houses are beautifully warm but... Mm. But at Dis- the moment, discussions are underway. Continuing. Yes. Well, there you are. Yes. But isn't that a story? You asked the question, what have I learned? Funnily enough, a couple of our residents said to us, thank goodness we live here. What would it have been like if we were in the burbs and this had happened to us? Yes. Because there's no one comes to your rescue there, whereas so impressed with their neighbours, the community, mm. the staff. We're all, you know, that was a good, that was a really good lesson mm. for them. But your staff as well, Peter, by yes. the sounds of it, it sounds like they really rallied and uh, came yes. in and, yeah. and really got you out of a, a position mm. yeah. you know, yeah. that could have been quite drastic. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And, and you were fortunate that Tea Tree yes. could provide resources. Yes. That's right. Um, yeah, somewhere for so, them to go. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. but, yeah, so both mm. on site, uh, meals, mm. um, yeah. keep the kitchen functioning uh, in tea tree, and exactly. Mm. So no, I think yeah. that's a, teru- uh, a really good news story. Yes. Mm. What yeah. a week! What a week it was yes. for Mr. Week. Nelson. Yes. Gout one day yeah. and power outages. <laughs> and yeah. Yes. Saving the world the next. He's got a yeah. Superman outfit under. And I watched the soccer, and we were robbed. I reckon we was robbed. That goal that they got. Mm. No, nothing about soccer. He's a diver. It's a, it's France. It's France. <laughs> no, nothing. Now we can't That's turn it into a oh, show. The, yeah. the, the, those views are not those of a station. I'm, I'm presuming. Uh, thank, thank you very much so, indeed. Yeah, thanks, Stuart. Peter. For um, that. Very quickly, Peter. Just very quickly. We've only got about a minute or so before we have to wrap up the segment. But we are looking forward to a couple of big days ahead for you. Yes. Um, new facilities and perhaps an announcement as well about a special broadcast that we might be doing from that facility. In yes, the next we open our new village, Glen Mornington, on the second of July, oh. uh, which is our new aged care facility, 92 beds. 92, wow. And on that week, we've got the uh, Commissioner for um, Age Discrimination, Dr Kay Patterson, giving us a talk in the facility, and we're, we're hoping to do a radio program following that. Let's see if we can go down and have a look at uh, your new facility and maybe talk to the Age Commissioner as well, eh, as part of the Age Stage. Gentlemen, Stuart and Peter, thank you very much indeed for your thank time. Thank you, there. Stuart. Thank you, thanks, Peter. Thanks, Paul. Thank thanks, Brendan. Hope <laughs> <laughs> yes. next to, week's quiet. Back to normal. <laughs> yeah. This is our Double PFM, broadcasting across the Mornington Peninsula and way beyond. And welcome back to the Age Stage. My name is Paula Dunn and I'm joined here today with Brendan Telfer and we have some interesting guests with us, Brendan. We have Denise Thompson from Ryman Community Relations Team Leader and we have Kay Jeffries who is Ryman's Sales Advisor based at Mount Eliza. Indeed, well, as we said at the top of the program, uh, Ryman Healthcare, the New Zealand provider, is about to consolidate its place in Australia uh, with developments in Mount Eliza and also in Mount Martha so uh, from a local perspective, welcome the both of you. Great yes, that you could join us today. There's been a lot of interest in what you're doing down there on a very, um, very interesting property. So we're very keen to meet you. Welcome. Thank Hello. You. Thank you. Ne- neither of you are strangers, however, to this part of the world. Is that right? You have some history going back here on the Mornington Peninsula. I've lived, I live on the Mornington Peninsula. I moved here some years ago and lived in Mount Eliza and moved away for a bit and now moving back again. And what so. a wonderful excuse to get back down into hey? What yeah. a beautiful part of the world. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, so I'm, I don't want to preempt no, anything no. here, Paula, but just tell us a little bit about the company that you work for. Um, New Zealand-based, 1984, been a bit of a 
asterisk next to its name. It's done great things over there, and now you're importing that model here into Australia. That's right. So Ryman Healthcare was, as you said, founded in 1984 by two gentlemen, Kevin Hickman and John Ryder. Kevin actually started the business because at the time he was working as a policeman and he had to visit a retirement village as a private detective and he was investigating a fire. And when he got there, he really didn't like what he saw. There were up to four residents all sharing a bathroom and one lady was actually in the hallway and she had her nightgown sort of hitched up around her waist and he just felt that Mm. she wasn't being afforded the dignity that Mm. she really should be at that stage of her life. So we went back to his accountant, John Ryder, and he said, look, I think this is a really great business opportunity, but I also think it's a good opportunity for us to raise the standards of retirement living in New Zealand and have somewhere that we ourselves would be happy to put our own parents. Mm. And so that's where the saying in, in Ryman was born, that it had to be good enough for mum. Yes. We, we hear that's a bit of a recurring theme around here amongst um, some of your competitors as well, just quietly. But um, it's very, very interesting. So here you are all these years later on this side of the Dutch. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and it sounds like a bit of a Kiwi. And I am actually a Kiwi. So. Well, I'm married to one, so I have a little bit of simpatico with New Zealanders <laughs> and New Zealand. Um, so it's a fantastic business model. Mm. Why was it so successful, do you think? I think it was so successful because partly because of our continuum of care. So we offer independent living in one, two, and three-bedroom apartments, and some villages have townhouses as well. We also offer assisted living in service departments. Now, the service departments are ideal for people who still want to live a pretty independent life but just need that extra backup with things like cooking and cleaning and and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then we have low care, high care and specialist dementia care. So from that point of view, when somebody enters a Ryman village, we can take care of them however their health needs may change over time. So is that the biggest point of difference um, as far as Ryman goes versus your other villages? Are those things the biggest I think that's just one of the things. Our terms and conditions are also quite different. We have um, fixed deferred management fee of 20%. Now, in many villages, if you move from one area of the village, say independent to service department, that fee will restart. Mm-hmm. Ours is fixed across the village. So the maximum deferred management fee you'll ever pay is 20%. Mm-hmm. And it's also an all-inclusive fee. So we will refurbish the apartment, market it, sell it, all within that 20%. So my question mm. is, I mean, looking at this, it's a sort yep. of a staggering array of ticks that you have in terms of your KPIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you make a profit out of it? But Kay, I wanted to ask you really, I guess, you've, you have a real estate background. That's you've great. invested in a wonderful property down here on the Mornington Peninsula. I mean, that's a huge investment to pay. I mean, uh, according to local media reports, it's around about the $20 million mark. I mean, how can you turn that over? And given these benefits mm. that we've just heard uh, Denise talk about, um, line your pockets. 
Well, that's something more for the company to answer. I think I've been here two and a half weeks, so right. very new to Ryan. Well, I don't want to put you. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I mean, I mean, just the investment alone. I mean, what that's an right. idyllic property! It's beautiful. My goodness, it is a beautiful. Where do, where do I yeah. sign up just for the views and my dotage? That's what I want to know. I mean, it's just drop dead gorgeous. I mean, it is it's gorgeous, and it is really wonderful to be able to to bring to that area a facility for the local residents because there's a lot of people who've lived there for a very long time raise their family there and it's wonderful they don't have to leave the village mm. they don't have to leave Madeliza they can actually go on living there for the long term which I think is amazing. The, again um, there was a little bit of pushback from the local community I'm sure you saw some of the local press um, development five stories multiple buildings uh, lack of historical perspective in terms of the development an issue for you was that uh, just local press beating something up? I mean, is well, there a process in place where you refine your vision? What's going on? I think there's definitely working at obviously trying to accommodate anything that any concerns that the community might have, but working very hard to sort of keep everybody happy. Uh, but they're definitely the main building there is just going to be refurbished. They're, that's going to be, you know, the centre point really. Because that's a beautiful, beautiful old building. I think and it's really know. exciting that yeah. that building will be restored and the grounds will be restored yes. and it's such a beautiful space. It is. And even some of the artwork and that will be restored and used in that village. Mm. I, I know that you probably can't say too much and we definitely don't want to compromise you in terms of where negotiations are and stuff like that. But, I mean, as a resident, could I expect some sort of a, a townhouse or something and I can just sort of go for a little bit of a Sunday walk down to the beach and wander back up and have my breakfast with you? I mean, how's it all going? <laughs> what's, what's the vision? What is the vision in terms of its layout? We had a community drop-in day where we invited the local community to come in and give us their feedback on the plans that we had. So it is apartment living. And we've made a few tweaks to those plans since we've had the feedback that we have. Mm, well, it's so good that it's, you consulted with the with the community to do that. So that's that right. We had right. a really big turnout over the three days that we were there, and a number of people were keen to leave their details and and be kept informed of the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that's indicative of that it really is a needed service within the area. Mm, absolutely, um, I agree. Denise, that. I don't want to get bumped down the list. I better get my name down there straight away. <laughs> No, it looks fantastic. It yeah. really does. Uh, so tell us a little bit more then about, about the New Zealand model. Obviously it resonated, it must have, that you can sort of garner this sort of money to bring it across and invest it into Australia. You must be doing well in New Zealand. Absolutely. So we have 32 villages in New Zealand and more underway. And I think part of the reason that it has been so successful is that our terms and conditions are really designed to give people... Um, confidence and certainty as they plan for their retirement. So our terms are very transparent, easy to understand, and I think that gives people a real sense of ease when they're making that big decision. So from a business perspective, if you're doing so well in Kiwi, why would you bring your money over here to invest in Australia? Why would you not just refine the model that's worked so well over there? Why did you want to come to Aussie? I think we have a good spread across New Zealand now villages. Um, I personally wasn't involved in that decision, but um, I would just assume it's because there's so many retired, the population really, mm -hmm. just yeah. the size of the population here and the number of people entering into that retirement phase here. And, and so the investigation 
to prior to coming across here would it have been something like you know a, a team came across and saw that we weren't providing these terms and conditions which are really quite amazing um, and you saw an opportunity to do that or, or a want or a need look as I said I wasn't here um, when that process was gone through but I would assume that they would have looked at all that mm. and demographics and mm. So on the demographics, Kay, you would know that um, down here we are a slightly older demographic, mm, are we not? Absolutely. Um, are we going to be just basically a series of older people's villages going ahead? Oh, I don't think so. Like uh, we have people when I was in residential sales in real estate, the uh, the amount of people that were moving from those larger homes in Brighton or Turak mm. or wherever it might be, and wanted to move down here for the sea change. They love the quieter, slower pace of life, still do their sailing and their fishing and what have you. So they move down here to a slightly smaller residence mm -hmm. and then in turn they'll probably move into something like Ryman Healthcare mm. Facility. Um, but there definitely is a large proportion of the population on the peninsula that are in that older age bracket. Mm -hmm. But... Um, because that's where it's such a great place to live. <laughs> yes, it is. It's wonderful. Yeah. It is a fantastic place to live. Um, this is RPPFM. You're tuned up to the Age Stage, a weekly program in which we look at issues for older Australians. We have a couple of important guests here today. Denise Thompson, uh, who is the Ryman Community Relations Team Leader, and Kay Jeffries as well, Ryman's Sales Advisor. Um, we're going to take a break. If you guys could stick around, we'd love to speak to you after we just honour our sponsors. We'll be right back with more of the Age Stage. And welcome back to the Age Stage. My name is Paula Dunn and I'm here today with Brendan Telfer and, and two very interesting guests from Ryman Healthcare. And Denise, if I could just ask you, I, I'm looking at the uh, Ryman difference that um, I printed off from your webpage, which is really interests me. And um, some of the questions you've got and, you know, you've got them in like in three columns. So, for example, what will my weekly fee increase and Ryman says no your weekly fee will not increase but many others will say yes your weekly fee increases annually is that so you've done research to back that up that is that more the norm that with other villages the uh, fee does increase most villages will at the very least have a cost of living adjustment okay with our villages when a resident actually signs their agreement, the fee is locked in at that time and it never increases at all. Even if they lived another 20 or 25 years? That's right. How do you do that? Look, it's designed to benefit the residents so that when they're planning, we realise that their retirement incomes are often fixed and not going up. Mm -hmm. So we just give them that peace of mind. So even though with increase in CPI and what have you and, and energy costs and all the associated costs, you, you, you honour that? Yes, we do. Wow, that's quite impressive. Yeah. Good. Mm. Um, well, I mean, the list is really, again, very, very impressive. Will my weekly fee stop when I no longer occupy my unit? Yes. How much is the deferred management fee, DMF, which is deducted from my capital at the end? A maximum of 20% ranges between 24 and 40% in other providers. Yeah, that's quite amazing. It really is. That's right. Uh, again, I, I come back and ask the question, how is this possible, Denise? How are you doing it? There must be some, <laughs> some Kiwi magic or something. I mean, it's just, it, it looks very, very good. You must be very excited about the prospect, Kay, of taking this out to the people Absolutely. and letting them know that you have a product here that's, no one has been so successful in New Zealand. Now we get a bite of the cherry. Very excited about it. Um, I went through a personal experience with my parents 
some time ago looking for a facility for them and a lot that had a huge waiting list or some I wouldn't have considered. Mm. Uh, so I just wish Ryman was here then. You know, I wouldn't have thought twice. I've uh, got to know a lot about Ryman over the last 12 months, mm. which is why I've come on board because I just loved what they offer Love what they say, love what mm. they promise, and yeah, very excited. So it's I have to say, we've only just heard about Ryman down here um, with what's going on at um, uh, at Manyang, oh, not Manyang, Kanyang Road, mm-hmm. um, and so and the, I had a similar experience to UK, where I, you know my father was very ill, and I was given a, a whole bunch of papers and said find somewhere, mm. and was mortified at what I saw. Absolutely. Uh, and I didn't come across Ryman at any stage. Now that's probably uh, six years ago now. Um, but I didn't. Co- had I come across Ryman, I would have been extremely interested. I'm not sure mm. exactly of the date they came to Australia. It must be round about that sort of time. I'm thinking. But, oh, okay. Um, but so. my experience was earlier than that yeah. again. But I had both my parents at the same time looking. Mm. My mother had dementia. My dad's um, physical health was ailing mm. uh, so it was very difficult to to find somewhere where I was happy for my it's an awful day position to be, to be mm. in it really is and that's mm. how the age stage was born actually because mm. we wanted to inform people yep. you know people in their 50s that with older parents that just what you you know you have to be aware of and what exactly. you're looking for and that's why we try to get as much information and indeed the and importantly as well with a couple of people that are very interested in getting this message out there and I'm speaking about the village Baxter, Baxter and the village, the village Glen, Glen as well and yeah. Call Living, which is also run by a New Zealander mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. um, and they also notif- want us to elaborate on some of the issues confronting older Australians because really this dialogue is not taking place, and that mm. you're here now adding to this conversation I think is a very powerful place for mm. us all to be and It's giving us some choice and some options, mm. which obviously up until now has not necessarily been the case. Mm, that's right. um, but, but again, you know, if we go on this list, I mean, basically, you know, the strap line here is not all retirement villages are the same and obviously Denise you would you're here to talk to that and you believe that you have a product which is which is superior to many absolutely Uh and that's why I think both Kay and I feel so good about offering that because we believe in it and we know that as much as the company's grown it still basically operates with a culture of kindness and that's good enough for mum philosophy and why wouldn't you embrace that and be Happy to recommend it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so what's your process, Kay, when you go out to sell? Where do you go out to sell? Um, well, early know? days, as, yeah. as you know. Um, yeah. At the moment, it'll be just obviously talking to the people. We're very community-based, mm-hmm. so it's about getting out there in the community and telling them about, you know, Ryman Healthcare themselves, what they offer and what their facilities are like. People are offered um, the opportunity to come and visit another facility that is already already up and running Mm -hmm. and I've been through a few of those and you know they're amazing and you can feel feel the love if you like in the building you know the people are very cheery and say hello to everyone everyone's everyone's recognized and made important and that's very important so who are you taking the pitch to Kay are you taking it out to younger people who have elderly parents or you're talking to people that have to make a a strategic decision about their own retirement imminent retirement It's, it's really both because you've got I remember when I was going through it I was certainly younger and my parents obviously were older and you don't become an expert till you've been through it. 
really you'd understand that so having been through that experience I certainly feel that I've got a lot to offer because I understand it I understand the stress of it understand how sad it can be Mm. Um, so I feel fantastic about being able to talk to people about Ryman and it's something that I so believe in as what Denise was just saying that I think they're amazing Mm. and so it makes it very easy for me to sort of just talk about it and when people hear about the transparency and, you know, what the company offers and that peace of mind, you, it's not this question at the end, what's going to happen. They will know from day one what's going to happen as far as uh, the logistics and the financial side of things. Gee, that must give peace of mind. Absolutely. A, a lot of the um, places that I go, move circles that I move in, quite often people are talking at the moment about how they're, they're wanting to move out of one village and into another area and how their mo- money is so tied up. That's and right. I noticed one of the questions here is, am I exposed to any capital loss? And with Ryman, no, but with other places, any capital losses um, borne by you. I mean, that's mm. quite amazing. amazing as well. Mm. Yeah. And um, one lady I spoke to, she she moved out of a, a village in Cranbourne, wanted to move to Frankston, and her funds had been held up for 18 months. Yes, right. Mm. That Just going back to how we like to get involved with the communities, in the early days when we're first operating in a community, we actually are more focused on community relations in terms of supporting local clubs and charities and in the Mount Eliza area we're already uh, sponsors of the Mount Eliza Bowls Club and the Mount Martha Bowls Club. We've also been supporting for the last couple of years the My Mount Eliza Run and Fun Festival mm-hmm. as well as last year we sponsored the Gig on the Green. So in the early stages we generally try to get to know the community yes. and and support the community and things that are close to their heart. We should introduce you to our Bowling Around the Peninsula program, yes, heard here and introduced by Pam Dine, Saturday yes. mornings, uh, mm-hmm. 8 a.m., but um, that's a good discussion for another day. <laughs> um, we have many opportunities for you <laughs> We here, do. Happy um, to talk. That's great. Um, but, yeah, so, so what's happened to the principles of the program? They put this idea together back in 1984, all those years ago. Are they still there? Are they still oversighting boards? Are they running the board? What's happening? Kevin Hickman has only re- very recently no- announced that he will stand down from the board. And John Ryder had left prior to my arrival, so I'm actually not quite sure where he is now, but he's not no longer involved with the company. And what about expansion from here? Mount Eliza is imminent, Mount Martha as well. What do you have planned in Mount Martha? In Mount Martha, well, we're still in the very early stages, okay. so we're still in the design process. Sussing it, sussing it out. Still sussing it out. Mm. Um, but we also have our... Brandon Park Village, the Natalie Melba Village, which is currently still under construction, but we have the first residents moving in there in July. We have our Weary Dunlop Village in Wellis Hill, and we also have land in Geelong, Highton and Geelong, Coburg, Burwood East. Couple of interesting and names. And yeah. a couple of, couple of interesting names that you mentioned there as well. How do you mm. go about naming your villages, and can you give us an insights into what might be happening down here? We take nominations from the community, so anybody is very welcome to call in with a suggestion. It's one eight hundred two eight eight two nine nine. The Ryman Healthcare Office is open nine to five Monday to Friday, and we'd love to hear your suggestions. 
but generally they are named after, our villages are all named after prominent people in the community, people that have given to the local community. Mm-hmm. And so is your plan, is Ryman's plan to have as many villages as possible over here in Victoria and then will you go into state, do you think, or, you know, until I, you're Australia-wide? Or I think, look, maybe at some stage we will, but at this stage I think we've got more than enough work cut out for us here in, in Victoria. Mm-hmm. So what is the process from here then, Denise? I mean, we saw uh, some of the projections, some of the ideas in the local newspaper and stuff like that. A couple of the, the, the local community reacted to that, um, loved it, obviously. Uh, some uh, others, you know, had some questions to ask. Where do you go? How do you refine that vision? And when do we actually see it being constructed and put up? When, when does it all happen? The timing, I can't really give you too much of a steer on. Uh, we're in the, still in the early stages, uh, so working our way through council. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the Victorian government as well, or is it purely a shire issue, this one, do you think? Just a okay. local council okay, issue. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, 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 and Kay, you'd be going out and talking to prospective clients all over the place. Are you targeting Melbourne because of the huge interest, not only in Melbourne but Victoria and even Australia now, in what's happening down here in the Mornington Peninsula, or are you just concentrating your energies on us that are already down here calling the peninsula our home. Well, I think Ryman as a company would be have that overall, you know, getting the word out there about Ryman, but specifically just to this area that I'll be just within this local community uh, myself and there'll be other people like me who sort of work their local community. And I've already been, you know, I've, I live here, I'm part of the community, so there's a lot of people I know here, so I'm just getting the word out really. And how do you do that? Do you go along to your local bowling club or tennis club or what do you do? You Well, a lot of people that I've obviously met through my previous work, uh, it's telling them where I'm working now and, of course, they're curious to understand what, what that means and what that involves. So it's telling people the story. So it's just really everybody that um, wants to listen. <laughs> so the story is good. The product looks incredible. Yeah. Um, how do you convert that into bookings? Uh, how do how do we get started? What do we do now, Denise? We we want it. We we we're sold. We're, we're ready to we're sign We're good. Up, we're good yeah. to go. What do we do? <laughs> good to hear. Well, we have a friend of the village list, right. and that enables us to keep in contact with you, so people can register their details. And then, as we move through the process, we can keep them informed. But what it ultimately means for people is that they will have the opportunity to be invited in to view the plans and pricing prior to our public release. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and when might we hear about what you know what is or isn't going to happen at Mount Eliza? Do you think, or is that still? We'll keep you posted. Okay, watch this space. <laughs> yes, yeah? okay. sounds a bit hush hush to me. It does. Um, it sounds very very interesting. Anyway, look, can we thank you both very much indeed for coming by today, Definitely. Denise Thompson, Ryman's uh, community relations team leader. Denise, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, thank you. And uh, Kay Jeffries, who's a sales advisor based in Mount Eliza, and back. And living on the Mornington Peninsula and in Mount Eliza again, and uh, what a bonus that is for you, Kay. Thank you. Welcome back. Lovely to uh, share the love with you. Thank um, you, ladies. And that's just about it. I it think. is just about it, Brendan. Yes, yes, for another week. Yes. Indeed it is. So we'll see you next week. Indeed. So indeed. First, before we go, can we thank uh, Peter and uh, Stuart for dropping by? We uh, certainly enjoy their company, of course, the Village Baxter, the Village Glen and Encore Living, making this program possible. We thank them very much indeed for their support. We thank you for listening. Paula Dunn will be back next week. See you then. Perhaps with another co-host next week because I'm away. Yes, you're away. (laughs) When do I get away? (laughs) We're working on it. See you soon. Thanks, everyone. See you soon.